0: 18 plus. Chargers go. Way to save the season the throw. Fire!
1: Damn, I love that intro. What's up, everybody? This is Jamie from the Lightning Round Podcast. I am here because we had some news drop for the Chargers uh, over the last couple of days. And that news, of course, is the Chargers 53-man roster, which was announced yesterday, on Tuesday, and uh, has changed a little bit on Wednesday, and the practice squad. So I figured now is a good time to jump in and do a quick hitter on my takes on the Chargers 53 man roster and on the practice squad. So what we're going to do is we're going to share a screen uh, here and we are going to put first the Chargers roster up on the screen for everybody to see. So we're going to start with offense. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at these moves from a standpoint of, did the process work? Did the player earn a spot? Did he not earn a spot? Did the chargers make the right decision for the roster based on what this player showed in camp or in the preseason, or did they keep that player for other reasons, maybe for draft capital, uh, maybe for ego reasons or whatever the case may be. So we're going to kind of go through and we're going to hit on some of the big decisions they made um, as we work our way through the roster. And then we'll talk about the practice squad. So if you're looking at the roster, obviously the first thing that stands out is there are only two quarterbacks on this roster. Uh as far as I can as far as I can remember, the Chargers have not cut a player in the year in which they drafted that player since 2014. And at that at that point, I believe that was Telesco's first year as a general manager, and they cut Marion Grice and Tevin Reese. Um, so they have a long history of keeping their draft picks at least through the end of their rookie contract, unless they give them a reason to cut them outside of the football field, kind of like what happened with Jerry Tillery last year when he was causing problems in the locker room. So no Max Duggan, that in itself is a big deal because like I said, they don't typically cut draft picks in the year they drafted them. But in this case they cut Max Duggan. And I think it was probably a pretty easy decision. Duggan, not surprisingly did not show the ability to throw the football very well. He was not accurate. He did not get the ball out on time. He had a pro he had issues getting the ball down the field. It just seemed like things were moving too fast for him in practice. And in the preseason. So for me, while I thought that they cut, I thought that they would keep Max Duggan, I'm happy they cut him because I think this is an example of the process working. You have a player who didn't do much to earn a roster spot other than being a, dra- a recent draft pick, and they evaluated the tape, not the draft pick, and they wound up getting rid of Duggan. So I applaud them for that. I applaud um, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco because I think this is a sign of their process evolving. Um, Now we look at the running back situation. The first three running backs on the list are not a surprise. Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. These guys were a lot to make the roster from the beginning. The only real question in this group was who would be RB2, Joshua Kelly or Isaiah Spiller? I think somewhat surprising, at least for me, was uh, Elijah Dotson. Uh, Mainly because I didn't see a need to carry four running backs. I thought they were going to carry... Xander Horvath, who we'll get to here in a minute. But they decided to cut another recent draft pick, somebody who was drafted last year, somebody who they were planning on providing a lot of special teams value um, in favor of a guy who, frankly, earned a roster spot. So from a standpoint of the process working and evaluating what they're seeing on the field and not necessarily just evaluating the draft capital, I think this was a very good move because, to me, Dotson earned the spot. It would have been hard to convince people that these roster decisions were made based on merit and based on performance on the field. If Dotson wasn't one of the guys that they kept, will he stick with the roster that remains to be seen? He could be one of the first ones to go once practice squads fill out. um, And somebody like a Jalen Guyton or a Tito comes back. So we'll see how that plays out, but at least for now, he earned a spot. He's there. So congratulations to Dotson. I think it's a well-deserved roster spot. And I'm, I'm glad that they made the, they made that move the way they did. Next big surprise here, no Xander Horvath. I think most of us assume because he was a recent draft pick, because he was considered a a core special teamer, that Horvath would make this roster. I know that was my expectation. I fully expected Horvath to make the roster. Uh, I'm glad he didn't. Not because I have anything against Horvath. I just think looking at the roster in a modern NFL offense, there isn't a whole lot of use for a fullback, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think you can fill that special team spot with another defender, a linebacker, a corner, a safety, whatever it may be, and probably get more mileage out of that roster spot. Uh, I just didn't see a need to keep Horvath. So I'm glad they went with the four tailbacks and moved on from Horvath. Maybe he winds up on the practice squad. Maybe they kind of look at him as like a hybrid tight end fullback, kind of an H back, kind of like the old Alfred Papunu rule, uh role in the eighties and nineties. But anyway, um, Surprising in a good way that Horvath didn't make it because I didn't think he was all that great in the preseason. And I think Dotson was the better keep. Uh, No real surprises in the the wide receiver group. They keep five. I think a lot of people probably expected to keep six. I kind of did, to be honest, early on because I thought they would overcorrect after all the issues they had at wide receiver uh, last year. But I think ultimately they looked at their roster they decided that they liked what they saw out of Darius Davis enough that they could get through whatever it's going to take to get Jalen Guyton back on the field. And they didn't need five wide receivers to break camp. Uh, I'm fine with that. You know, Guy, uh, Darius Davis looked really good as a gadget player. He flashed as a receiver. He was able to get open in the slot, made some plays up the seam. Uh, he showed the ability to make some plays in, in spot duty as a receiver, which is all you really want out of a, a fifth wide receiver. And obviously his impact on special teams is going to be such that he doesn't really need to produce at wide receiver. And they're, they're expecting to get a lot of mileage out of their top four. Looking at the tight end group, uh, this is an example, in my opinion, of, frankly, the process not working very well. Um, they broke camp with four tight ends, which admittedly isn't that surprising. I think the tight end group has a lot of question marks after you get past Gerald Everett. And I think they just kind of felt like that room was at it be- at its best if they looked at it as a sum of its parts. Um, and I think they're kind of looking at Parham and McKitty and Smart as like the three of them mel- melding together to make one tight end too. Smart sh- showed some growth uh, in the preseason and in camp, and he's a guy who I think will probably get a bigger role at some point this year. Um, Parham always hurt, very inconsistent. We still don't really know what we have in him. Or if you're open to it, something I've been saying for a while, I think we do know what we have in him. Some people just don't want to admit it. Uh, As far as Trey McKitty, just not a very good football player. And this is where I think the process didn't really work very well. He was a third round pick. And it's pretty clear that they are committed to that draft capital. We'll put it that way. Uh, McKitty was supposed to be a great blocking tight end when he arrived in the NFL. That hasn't really been the case. He was an okay blocker in his first year. He was a downright liability last year. In my opinion, he continues to be a liability. He has not been able to get open consistently. When he does get open, he drops the football. He is a liability. He is in the way he is not a good football player. He should not have made this roster. I shouldn't be surprised because of the draft capital, but again, in an offseason where they cut Xander Horvath and they cut Max Duggan. I had hoped that maybe they wouldn't overvalue that draft capital or let their egos get in the way. And that's kind of what it seems like happened here. This is the one roster spot that I really have a big problem with because he does not belong on this roster and yet here he is. So this is one area where I feel like merit had nothing to do with it. And they kept him because of draft capital. That's obviously their prerogative. I just don't think it was the right way to go. Uh, the Chargers keep off at nine offensive linemen. Uh, really no huge surprises. I think the one kind of minor surprise is them keeping Brendan Hymas. I expected the team to keep Zach Bailey. He was playing extremely well at right guard, and they moved him to right tackle. It seemed like they were really looking for an excuse to keep him. I thought he played pretty well at right tackle. He was really good at right guard. They opt to keep Hymus, which probably is an indication that they might see him as the center of the future. Um, They they mentioned his versatility at guard and at center. Uh, I'm not sure how versatile he is. Maybe he can play both positions, but we haven't really seen him play an NFL game outside of the preseason. And before this preseason, he hasn't really played all that well. So to say he's versatile is kind of a stretch to me. But another draft pick um, that they want to continue to invest some time in So, you know, it's the ninth offensive line spot. I'm not going to get too hung up on it. It is what it is. Um, So we'll see how that plays out over the course of the season, but the Chargers keep nine offensive linemen. Obviously, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, uh, Jamari Salier, Rashawn Slater, um, uh, Trey Pipkins, Jordan McFadden, Will Clapp, and Brendan Hymas. Those are your offensive linemen. Uh, looking at the defensive line chargers keep six defensive tackles or interior defensive linemen kind of surprising to me here that they didn't keep Gerard Clark. I really thought they would. I thought he played really well in the preseason, especially in the last two games where he was flashing as a pass rusher. Uh, They, they opt to go with Christopher Hinton. Probably doesn't really matter too much. Once Tito comes back uh, from his knee injury, You got to kind of figure Christopher Hinton's probably the first one to go. I think, you know, they've been treating Nick Williams like a starter in the preseason. He really didn't play at all. Morgan Fox is a guy who's going to get a lot of reps. Sebastian Joseph Day, obviously going to get a lot of reps. They're hoping to get a lot of mileage out of Austin Johnson. And Scott Matlock looked really good in the preseason. So the one spot that's kind of up for grabs there is Christopher Hinton. You look at the edge group, no real surprises. It's, it's headlined by Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. They added, obviously, Thule, um in, in in the draft this year. Thule comes in as their edge three. Chris Rump drops to edge four, which is pretty much where he belongs, in my opinion. So that group is, I think, much deeper and has some added upside this year that, that it maybe didn't have last year. Uh, Looking at the linebacker group, and this is where we get a little bit of a surprise. I mentioned earlier, you know, Xander Horvath initially made the the 53-man roster. They wound up waiving him today and replacing him with linebacker Tanner Muse uh, from the Steelers. Muse, not likely to get much play on defense, but I think Muse is kind of an example of how they've reshaped the special teams units since uh, Ryan Ficken got here last year. And that, in my opinion, is by leaning more on the corners, safeties, and linebackers to do the blocking and tackling as opposed to wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends, which to me is a smart strategy. I think it's working extremely well. And Muse is just another piece to that puzzle. So, welcome, Tanner Muse, the newest charger. Um, Probably a better roster spot, a better use of a roster spot, in my opinion, than Xander Horvath was. We'll see how he does. Uh, Looking now at the corners, Chargers go with five corners. They've gone with six corners in years past. This year it's five. Those five are Michael Davis, Dean Leonard, Asante Samuel Jr., Jasir Taylor, and JC Jackson. I personally really thought Cam Brown was going to make this roster, Uh, and this is kind of an example to me of the process not working as well when you're keeping guys like Hymas and McKitty, who maybe, maybe didn't, uh, earn the draft position or or earn the roster spot, excuse me. Um, Brown was a guy who I thought played extremely well in the preseason. He was very sticky in coverage, very physical, played a very physical brand of press coverage. Timing was great. Knew when to get his head around, when to get his hands up, broke a lot of passes. Uh, I think he, one of his tip passes turned into an interception. He just seemed to be all over the field and he was really good in run support too. So Brown was a guy that I really thought would make the team little surprise that he didn't little surprise that they only went with six corners, considering they don't know necessarily what to expect from uh, JC Jackson. Um, But I'm not going to sweat it. Maybe, maybe Woods winds up on the practice squad. I also know there were some people who really wanted Taiwan Mullen to make the roster uh, because of the, the progress he showed during the preseason. But those are your five corners. And, We look at the safeties and they keep five safeties, but not the five safeties we expected. Uh, Obviously the top four, Alohi Gilman, Derwin James, JT Woods, and Raheem Lane. The fifth in this case though, I think most people, I know I did expected it to be um, Mark Webb. Uh, You know, the ghost, I call him the specter. Craig, my co-host calls him milk carton Mark because he's just never there. He's, he. Constantly pulling a disappearing act. Um, Webb was a guy who went into the last preseason game, according to Brandon Staley, needing a big game. He needed to show up and show out. Staley apparently didn't feel that, that uh, Webb showed up or showed out because Webb is no longer on the roster, even though he was by and large, a core special teams player uh, for most of the preseason. So, Wood loses his spot. They replace him with Finley. Uh, I think the bottom two guys on this depth chart are pretty interesting. Lane is a guy who is a special teams demon, and he was all over the field on defense in the preseason, uh, making plays against the run, look good in coverage. Uh, He was just all over the place. So Lane is a guy that I'm I'm kind of excited to see more of. And Finley is a guy who I think gives him some versatility. He can play too high. He can play single high. He can come down on the box if you need him to, even though he's tiny, but undersized. Uh, He's not afraid to stick his nose in and run support and get dirty. Uh, And he's got some pretty good ball skills. So that's another guy who I kind of look forward to watching. He's another guy, you know, you kind of look at, um, you look at guys who could be cut, you know, when a Guyton is healthy or maybe when a Tito is healthy you know, Dotson's one of those guys, Uh, I, and I think Finley is potentially one of those guys. So we'll see what happens. But in terms of what the Chargers did with, you know, the 51st, 52nd, and 53rd roster spots, I feel like, you know, keeping Finley was a good keep just from a standpoint of, you know, he's versatile. He's probably going to provide some special teams value. Um. And I think news is another interesting piece as the you know 52nd, 53rd piece, another guy who offers some value on special teams and they just keep improving the depth, which is huge and speaks to the process again. So um, overall, I think the Chargers did a great job. My only real beef is with Trey McKitty, just not really a fan of keeping him. Did not think he earned that at all, but it is what it is. So we move on. Um, so the next, the next order of business is to talk about the practice squad. And there are a couple of surprises on the practice squad. Most of the names I think are pretty expected. You know, they, they keep guys who have, you know, they're, they're traits, guys, guys who have traits that they think they can develop. The two that stand out to me really are the edge players uh, keeping Andrew Farmer and keeping Brevin Allen. Those are two guys who I think have really exciting developable traits on the edge who I think can offer some versatility and some explosion off the edge if they need it. So glad to see they kept those guys over like a Carlo Kemp, who I think is a solid football player, but maybe just doesn't have, he doesn't, he isn't as toolsy as some of those other guys are. Um, Rounding out the practice squad, we've got wide receiver uh, Terrell Bynum, who I think is a bit of a surprise. Uh, You know I talked about him on our, our 53 man podcast last week. He's a guy who was open a lot in the preseason. He didn't get the football a lot, but he was open a lot, especially deep. Um, not your typical speed demon getting down the field, but he just found ways to get open. So not surprised they kept him over a guy like a John Hightower, who a lot of people thought would make the roster, and thus far hasn't even made the practice squad. Uh, also, Keelan Doss, who was the most consistent wide receiver on the team in the preseason, he winds up making the practice squad as well. Um uh, we have Zach Bailey, who I talked about earlier, a guard tackle guy who looked really good at right guard place, played right tackle pretty well. looks like he has some upside as an athlete, uh, on the interior offensive line. So excited to see that they kept him. And then you've got Christian Covington, former charger, old friend, Christian Covington coming back, not a bad rotational piece. You know, he can play some three technique, he can play some five technique, um, maybe some seven technique if you need him to, but. He's a guy who can play several techniques up and down the line to provide some depth, some experience, and he knows the scheme. Not a bad guy to, to stash on the practice squad. I mentioned Gerard Clark earlier. He did not make the 53. He made the practice squad. Glad to see they were able to keep him. Um, and then we have um, Michael Hankins, the corner. Uh, Cantmoyer, Hunter Cantmoyer, the tight end. C.J. Okoye, everybody's favorite at defensive tackle. And Austin Pleasance, who is the one that I really don't get. Uh, Pleasance is a guy who mostly played right tackle in the preseason, was shifted inside to right guard um, late in camp. He winds up sticking on the practice squad. We'll see what happens there. And then today they added uh, former Buffalo Bills safety Dean Marlowe to the practice squad as well. He is their 13th man. They do still have four spots left, so we'll see what happens there. Uh I'm sure there will be more ads. Hopefully, two of those ads are Cam Brown and Taiwan Mullen. But at any rate, that is the Chargers 53 man roster. That is the Chargers practice squad. Overall, I think they did a good job. Really only have beef with the Trey McKitty keep. I th- I think otherwise the guys that made the roster for the most part pretty well earned it. And even the guys who are a little questionable, they're, you know, they're the the last guy in the death chart on their spot. They found some potential, I think in AJ Finley. So I'm looking forward to seeing them develop that and we'll see what happens with guys like Tito and, and Jalen Guyton when they come back, it'll be interesting to see who gets cut to make room for them. I'm curious about Guyton just because even though I'm not a huge fan of his, it seems like it's taking a long time for him to recover. So curious to see if there's something wrong with his recovery there. And if it's taking a little longer than what the team expected, because you'd think he'd be back by now. I think he was hurt in the Jacksonville or yeah, the Jacksonville regular season game last year. So he should be back hopefully soon. It's a little curious that it's taking as long as it has, but we'll see how that develops. Anyway, thanks everybody. I really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week. We've got all new shows coming out. Our brand new uh, schedule Five shows a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, We've got shows lined up all week long and a lot of great stuff planned, so make sure you check that out. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great night, and we will see you later.